Well, hello. Hello. And welcome oh, to that another... Oh, so mild of us. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a... This is a different sort of episode from us. So this is a... I'm going to put up a trigger warning right here at the start. Structure! Uh, there is... Well, okay, there's a trigger warning for structure <laughs> if you like our normal episodes that much. <laughs> but, um... This, this episode deals with pretty gruesome topics, including murder and rape and unconscious rape. Oh, my. No so, cannibalism? No cannibalism this time. Dang it! No, no. We'll get to I those I like guys. the cannibalism Oh, they're interesting, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, this is a... Uh, Not today. This is a true crime bonus episode from True Ooh. Neutral. True Neutral True Crime. True Neutral True Crime. Um, That's a lot of true stuff. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, today we're going to be talking about uh, John Reginald Halliday Christie, a.k.a. Reggie Nodick. And, uh, he was born April 18th, 1899, and, uh, he was born, he was the sixth of seven kids, and his father he had a distant relationship with, and his mother, uh, was just, uh, uh heavily, heavily coddled him, whereas his older sisters kind of mocked and bullied him for that. So, at, uh... Well, not, like, a super troubled child life, but, like, it wasn't good for him. He didn't have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no there's no reports of him having a good time through childhood. Um, he was described by his peers in school as a queer lad who kept to himself and was not very popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. Not very popular, just outright. <laughs> like, queer it lad... It sounds to me like they're just like, oh, yeah, that little... That little queer kid over there. Yeah, we don't really, we don't really talk to him. <laughs> well, this was this was like the early nineteen hundreds. Like he's he he goes into the first world war later. So like you know he's he's it's early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that queer is a common. I didn't mean it in that sense. You just inferred it that way. I would just put an accent on the sentence I spoke. I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's on you, sir. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he was, uh, I think, when he was eight or nine, his grandfather died in his house, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's it builds character. Well, yeah, um, it built a weird character in this man, because uh, <laughs> seeing that strong, powerful man that he feared dead gave him a sense of power and well-being. Okay, which is not not the emotions I had when my grandparents have passed. Yeah, no, no, not necessarily, no. No, especially, because, I mean, died in his home. Yeah, yeah. Where he lived and slept and... Well, I imagine that, back then, like, you you probably lived with your parents for a good bit. How old was he at that point? I mean, this was his grandfather and when it was eight or nine. Yeah, well, there's some there's some houses where that's a thing. Sometimes... It's, it's still the sense of that getting that feeling when you're that young is pretty yeah yeah um yeah yeah um it, anyway when he was uh, in high school he was popular enough to you know try and get with a couple of girls 
but uh, both times he, he he failed to perform, so to speak. Okay. These leading to him being labeled all throughout school as Can't Do It Christy and Reggie No Dick. I particularly like Reggie No Dick, uh, and I have <laughs> no problem making fun of this man now. <laughs> <laughs> In high school, maybe I would have been nicer to him, and maybe these things wouldn't have happened, but... I wasn't Maybe in high school. In high school, with him. you would you wouldn't have called him Reggie No Dick. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have. You know, all that would have gotten you is like you would have been the one kid that the white kid on the spree didn't massacre. Like that's yeah. You would have been like, you never called me Reggie No Dick, and he'd walk past you and <laughs> shoot everyone else. <laughs> well, and you'd be like, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, God. Uh, possibly, possibly, if this had happened in like the early 2000s mm-hmm. or now like he Reggie Nodick would definitely have gone on a shooting spree but like this was a different different time firearms weren't like that and school shootings weren't a commonality in, in that way they weren't popularized until a later killing. I think in the early 1900s I don't like there were Mondays. a lot of firearms they just weren't the same kind of yeah that's why they just weren't, they just didn't operate in that way mm-hmm. and to well, there was do, lever actions and revolvers you could get a fair few people down I, th- I, I suppose and I, I would be willing to bet that there was more than one school shooting that either wasn't reported or isn't widely circulated or possibly wasn't maintained and blamed on them damn gangs of cowboys yeah something like that um but I know Paddle wrestlers That's what it was There were a couple In the 50s and 60s And then um, The one That really Sparked it off um, Was the I, I don't like Mondays Girl I can't remember But uh, the The Boomtown Rats mm-hmm. Their hit song I don't like Mondays Was based on On that um, School massacre People thought that In poor taste <laughs> I, might, I might cover that at a later point in time, so I'll talk much more about it. People thought that in poor taste. We're gonna do a cover of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I I might cover that, not the song, <laughs> that, that topic later. We could do both. We could do both. We <laughs> might do both. We might do it, both. It's it was a very popular song for a very long time, and it does cover a lot of things that I'm interested in. Uh, as presented by this this here, so um, can't do a Christy and Reggie Nodick. Um, he was mocked all the way through school, but uh, he was very good at uh, math, history, and he was a choir boy and a boy scout, and uh, he excelled in algebra and woodworking. So all right. He, all right. He he had his merits. Like he was like you know, he was trying in his own way. And, uh... Or, you know, to give it, give, give it the all, you know. <laughs> give it the old one, too. <laughs> give it the old two in the woodworking class, because you can't work your wood. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, uh, go kill yourself. Uh, uh, see, it's it's bad. It's bad. I feel... I felt bad about doing that. I don't like no, actual No, no, it was, it was the, the two old guys from the Muppets. <laughs> it was a bit. It's fine. Uh, um... As long as you're doing a bit, it's if you're okay. doing a bit, it's okay. <laughs> it, it has to be known to everybody that's a bit. I just really don't like bullying. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it was part of the British bullying World War. Bullying a dead serial killer is different than bullying a kid that's right. In front I know, but I was imagining him as a high school kid, just just <laughs> trying to do his best at woodworking class while everybody else is already making fun of him, and then you say that shit. You're like, what? It's just, just piling it on now, man. <laughs> Not necessary. 
Ugh. But he was part of the British in uh, the British Army military in World War One and fought in France. Uh, alongside a duke of some kind. Duke um, of some kind. Uh, uh, that's, that's fairly cool, I uh, suppose. He spent a month in the hospital in Calais, France, due to mustard gas poisoning. Ooh. Um, this led to a fascination with just gas poisoning in general. He also, yeah, as you do, yeah. like, <laughs> and uh, he also claimed to have been blind for it was either three months or three years after the. That's a pretty big the, time difference here, like. Yeah, let's see if I can find that note again. Um, that that's a that's that's a large gap in time. Uh, three and a half years. Yeah, he, later in life, he also claimed he the attack had rendered him blind and mute for three and a half years. I don't believe no, that. No, no. Uh, that feels like a lie. It, it, yeah, a lot of his self-reported stuff seems like a lie. I, I don't... A lot of this is not quotes from him. Is he gonna say he got captured by the aliens too? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, when he got out of the military and out of the hospital, he uh, met and married... Uh, Ethel Simpson in May of 1920. Uh, though he still could not perform with her uh, in an intimate setting, and he could perform with prostitutes, so he kept getting prostitutes. That... Um, and they did have an early miscarriage, I... which led to even more trouble in their marriage, and they separated after about four years. Very confused by all of that, but Why? okay. I don't know. But... Ask, ask. I've, I've looked. No, I mean, I'm not stuff. nothing to ask about. I understand. <laughs> I just don't get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, okay, so like, uh, what mental block is there that you can't like in in a private, intimate setting, but you can with a prostitute? Uh, so the, the that block would come from like. You have to talk to this person and, like, interact with them afterwards. Whereas the prostitute, you can treat like something that is away from you, is not a part of your life, and can't make fun of you later, is basically the main thing. He's just afraid that he's going to make fun of no matter what his performance is. It's... Uh, I, I, yeah. This, this case has fascin fascinated me for a long time because, the, like, it's pretty fucked, and a lot of people just don't talk about oh, it, but... brain hurt. <laughs> oh, man. I just don't... That's some type of sociopathic that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. But <laughs> like, the actual logic behind the thing, like, my brain can't wrap itself around it. Um, yeah. Maybe I should have led with this, but when I was, uh... When I was 12 years old, my cousin, who was 18 at the time, was shot and murdered by her boyfriend. Damn. And it had a severe impact on me. The, the, the guy that did the shooting also shot himself in the chest, and he lasted 24 hours in the hospital before he died. So, yeah, um... I've been fascinated with people like that ever since. Um, it really has 
captivated me in a way that is just I I need to know more and I've I've learned a lot and I still there's just no way to fully understand any of this they're they actually have a different brain state than we do it's a different thing it's a, they have a separation that is hard to grasp and even more difficult to understand so yeah I have I have looked into a lot of this stuff, so if you do have any weird mm-hmm. questions like that, don't don't feel bad about asking. I was right. just I had to like make my brain process anything before I could even formulate a question because I was like I understand all of that makes sense to me. Those words, even in that weird way and order that they happened, no, I get it. It's just like the the actual mental of the idea, <laughs> like my brain can't just makes sense of it's it's a fucked thing it's it's but it's all psychological and it's mostly due to that high school bullying honestly because uh, he probably just got nervous the first couple times which is fair like, but things happen yeah but like if somebody goes and yells at everybody that you are nervous and you suck you're gonna continue to be nervous and suck if that's the only mental image you have of yourself so. You just have to feed off of the fuck you energy. Yeah, yeah. You get angry and you feed off of the fuck you energy. Oh, see, um, and do whatever I want. Fuck you. Um. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong, <laughs> he stuck with that energy. <laughs> he sure did. When keeping it real goes <laughs> wrong. Um, but the. Ethel and him separated after four years of marriage, after many prostitutes and a miscarriage. Um, many prostitutes and a miscarriage, that's a song. Yeah. Uh, during... Uh, so, what, after he separated with Ethel, he worked as a postman, and as a postman, he received three months in jail for stealing postal orders. Alright. And after this, he faced various convictions and various stints in jail for uh, obtaining money under false pretenses, larceny, assault, and automobile theft. Fun stuff. Yeah. He's Uh, just a petty crook at this point. Yeah, he's just doing a lot. And he's getting, like, little jobs in between. Like, he worked as a truck driver. uh, He worked on a rig. He worked... For six months of hard labor, like he, <laughs> he is just—he was busy the whole time. Uh, but it, he, yeah, he was in crime or in jail for basically ten years, and uh, after he got out of jail the last time, uh, he got back together with Ethel, and they moved into ten rotting uh, Rillington Hill place. I don't think you're gonna say Rottington. Yeah, I well I keep wanting to say Rollington, but it's Rillington. 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 Rillington Rillington place. Rillington Rillington. In London. In London. Rollington place in London. In Notting Hill in London. Okay. So, um, oh, it was a, it was a, uh, big house. They just moved into the, the one floor of this big house in <laughs> London. And, uh, 
Like they just lived in one floor. Like they they got a house and then it like, was it was a three story, it was a three story brick building. Okay, and they got a whole bottom floor to themselves. Yeah, they got a whole floor to themselves. I think it was the top floor. Top floor. Yeah. Um, bottom floor is better for murder. It's hard to carry bodies up and downstairs. Just saying. Yeah, well, you'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so now we're coming up to the murdery bit. I assume so. Murder time! There hadn't been any murders yet, and I was like, man, fucking, we've been talking a minute, and there's, <laughs> there's no murders. He said this guy murders people. Like, what the fuck? So, uh, Reggie Nodick committed his murders over a ten-year period between 1943 and 1953. So, uh, right, right after Hitler died until... No, right, right before Hitler died, right and then right uh, for a few years after that. That's my base time measurement. Don't question it. <laughs> I just went with it. Um, <laughs> I was informing the listeners. Twenty-one-year-old uh, <laughs> youth. R- sorry. Twenty. 20- uh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Smile on Einstein. I'm sorry. Uh, this, squeeze me. This that, that was German. This is the this is the part where it gets serious. So I'm gonna have a hard time keeping <laughs> myself that way. Okay. All right. Uh, oh god, that was unnecessary and hilarious. Twenty-one-year-old uh, okay. Ruth Fjorst, Fjorst, mun- munitions worker and part-time prostitute, was the first victim. The uh, Fjorst victim. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> No matter this one. <laughs> he was the Fjord's victim. <laughs> While his wife was away, he took her home, and after engaging with her, he strangled her. It was a spontaneous act, but he enjoyed it. Um, he... I assume so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't get to be a serial killer after one person. Uh, he did try and bury her under his floorboards at Grand Post Isle, but she was eventually moved to the garden in the backyard of the house. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Floorboards, they don't cover up a lot of smell. Not not very well, Not no. according to the TV shows I watch, that is. <laughs> Alright, so it looks like I was wrong. They did have the bottom floor. Uh-huh. They did have the bottom floor. The bottom floor. floor is much better for murdering. Yeah, I, I got mean, confused. I think... I got confused because in 1948, Timothy Evans and his wife, Beryl, B-E-R-Y-L. Beryl. Beryl. Uh, <laughs> hey, Beryl! <laughs> God, I couldn't. That's fucked up. <laughs> anyway, they moved into the top floor flat at Rillington Place, where Beryl had their daughter, Geraldine. And Beryl and Gerald. <laughs> All I could find on where or on what time in the year, it was late 1949, Evans informed the police that his wife was dead. So, um, what happens here is that, uh, Timothy Evans and his wife Beryl are in the apartment and they have a daughter and they realize that Beryl is pregnant again and they know they can't afford it. 
but abortion's really frowned upon at this point in time. So, um, Timothy Evans knows that, um, in his many odd jobs, uh, John Christie has helped with some back alley stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one of the many lists of things I didn't go over, but he's just done a lot of, he just did a lot of shit in that 10 years, mm-hmm. and it was all just like for a month, and then he got caught, and then a month, and then he got caught. <laughs> Uh, so it, most of that time was in jail, like so. But uh, when he learned that he had done some back alley stuff, he was like, "Hey, can you help any? Do you know anybody that could, you know, do a back alley abortion for me? We really can't afford this child right now." And he was like, "Oh yeah, I can do that." <laughs> and so um, he takes him down to their house and to their flat and like. While uh, his wife is away again, uh, he gasses uh, Beryl, like actually gasses her, and uh, when she doesn't wake up, he strangles Geraldine, the baby. Damn. Yeah. Um, but the really fucked thing about all of this is that Timothy Evans, who was just trying to go... Like, his wife and him has made a decision together, they agreed on this, and then that happened. And then he got blamed for the murders. Because of course he did. Yeah, and, uh, there was no, like, despite him being a criminal and having a long criminal record, he was actually working for the police force, because they didn't do a background check. Uh, John Christie was. And... So when it came to Evans's word against Christie's, Evans was put back, mm-hmm. put back, put back, put back, and um, was eventually hanged in March of 1950. <laughs> they actually hanged him. They they hanged him for the murders of his wife and daughter, who he just he I mean he had a part in like trying to get the back alley abortion done, but mm-hmm. that was that was the couple's decision because they knew they couldn't raise the child with, yeah. the, with the baby they had. And so, yeah, um, Evans was eventually, posthumously, um... Exonerated. Exonerated, but... Oh, goody for him. It, it also <laughs> wasn't till like, 2004 or something. Oh my god. Yeah, there's really no, no reason for that. The... Yeah. So... Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Because poor Timothy Evans just didn't... He just didn't get the justice he deserved, and even nah, when he man. did, it was too I late. Mean, you know, wife murder, baby murder, get yeah. yourself hung, yep. all because you didn't want another baby. Yep. Should have just had the baby. That's probably his last thought. We should have just had the baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that's just <laughs> shitty. <laughs> Yeah, that's just a whole round shitty situation for them, and it just is. makes this guy a bastard man all the way around. Because what he was doing was he was experimenting with the mustard gas that he'd been poisoned with. Yeah. And well, he just wanted to just check that out on other people, basically. Yeah, as you do. As a scientist does. <laughs> yes, a scientist. Uh... 
this song. You know, science is a fickle mistress, and it's sometimes, you know, you gotta crack a couple of eggs <laughs> in the fucking, the, the hopes that maybe you'll fucking make a delicious omelet that everyone's gonna love, and it's gonna fucking be the, the be all end all of some big new thing, or some <laughs> old thing that needed fixed, but you never know until you fucking try. That's fair, I guess, in, in its own way, but don't murder people with mustard gas, just general rule. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly it didn't work for him, so I don't know why I would try. I'm just saying, like, sometimes in science, you just gotta yeah, try stuff. <laughs> so, eventually, John Reginald Halliday, Christie, Reggie, no dick, Christie, or can't do it, Christie got tired of having to hide all this shit from his wife, basically. As you do. That's probably a difficult thing to hide, murdering people. Yep, so on uh, the morning of 14th of December 1952, Christy strangled Ethel in bed. Yeah, I figured. Yep. I, it's not really a, I'm gonna tell her, it's more of a, she's gotta go kind yep. of situation. Yeah, given the circumstances, it kind of feels that way. He could've just left, I feel. As a good scientist would have. <laughs> um, he chose the dark side. He was already having trouble finding work before this because of his I mean, many because crimes. he wanted to murder everyone he saw. Uh, I mean, he wasn't quite there yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that and his many previous crimes that were all on record. And he <laughs> you know, many, many, many crimes, sir. <laughs> it's very hard for me to employ you. Yeah. Many, many Crimes. I'm pretty sure it was throughout the trial that uh, his many crimes were um, eventually revealed to the police department, and while he wasn't, like, further punished for those, he was let go. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah, I mean, as you do. <laughs> as you do, I mean, they were probably like, oh, that's on us, we should have probably done a background check. <laughs> 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 but, uh... So, during the time after he had murdered his wife, he sold uh, Ethel's wedding ring and watch, he sold uh, various pieces of furniture, uh, he basically just kept enough that he could sit on and eat with, mm -hmm. and uh, he got unemployment uh, $3.12, or £3.12, and this is in the 50s, so... That's uh, probably a decent wage for unemployment, at least. Um, he eventually forged his wife's signature and drained her bank account and uh, sold some of her clothing. And uh, he was doing all this to keep himself steady so he could do a couple more murders. That makes sense. Yep, that's that's kind of his thing now. He's 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 got he's got a got a taste for it. Got a Got a real itch he needs to scratch, and it's no good. Um, so he had uh, three victims between the January 19th and March 6th of 1953, so he's really escalated here. Um, Damn. Yeah, he, he was doing, you know, one or two, maybe, just at all, mm. and then he just did three in less than three months. And so... Uh, these were all at 10 Rillington Place. Uh, it was uh, Kathleen Maloney, 
Rita Nelson and Hectorina McLennan. So he's just killing all the women in his apartment complex. Uh, no, no, he's bringing yeah, he's bringing them back there. He's oh. not killing them from the. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's it's, every new tenant that comes <laughs> in. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> no, no, I um. Yeah. Dumb broad, you chose the wrong apartments. I do always want to say that I. <laughs> I always read out all of their names very clearly and with respect because all of these people are victims and they did not deserve the end they got. I do bits and I, I cover things up with humor, so just bear with that. That's also fair. I just wanted to make it clear that I don't like... There's no idolizing or anything in this. This is all just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I just, I just, I just do bits. He just does bits. I'm fascinated by human psychology and what's wrong with people. I mean, I like a good serial killer story as much as the next person. <laughs> yeah. In the, uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Kathleen Maloney was a prostitute from the Ladbroke Grove area. Uh, Rita Nelson was from Belfast and visiting her sister in uh in Ladbroke and she was six months pregnant at the time of her murder. Damn. Yeah. That's so life to be like that sometime. Yeah. Um Hectorina McLennan uh was allowed to stay Oh cat <laughs> Cat on, immediately on my lap. Uh, ow. Okay. Um. Uh, they, uh. She was with her boyfriend, and they were both allowed to stay at, uh. Christie's flat while, um. They were just visiting, like, traveling through town, the young people traveling through town, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh. He actually murdered her while they were staying with him. And then helped the boyfriend look for her. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shiesty motherfucker. So, he had tried a gassing technique on a couple of his previous victims, and it just kind of worked. They were just kind of knocked out. Um, I'm not going into details. He gassed and strangled. That was kind of his main thing. Yeah. Um, but this time, instead of just, like, holding the gas over them, he uh, used a rubber tube connected to the gas pipe in the kitchen, which he kept closed off with a bulldog clip. Not sure what a bulldog clip is. There's a hyperlink here for it, but I don't want to look up what a bulldog clip is. <laughs> and then he just... Uh, so he had previously had some gas and tried it. This is attaching it straight to the stove, so it was just... He just poured that into the room, and, uh, then while they were drowsy and lethargic, he would strangle them, because he couldn't handle a... Oh, oh, it's, it's the binder clip, like a, like, uh, what I want to call a paper clip a lot of the time, but it's for a lot of paper at one time. But, yeah. Pretty uh, much, yeah. (laughs) That would, uh, so he, yeah, the... He'd use that clip, and then when they were in the room, uh, he would just release it and just overwhelm them with basically carbon monoxide poisoning, and, uh, 
once they were sleeping lethargic, he'd go in and strangle them because he couldn't handle a challenge because he was an impotent little bitch. Uh, yeah. He calls him like we see him? Yeah. Uh, and... <coughs> yeah, he... Before they were, um... He really stresses in, like, in interviews, like, in his, uh, police interviews, they say that he's really insistent that, uh, he never had sex with any of the bodies after they were dead. Just while they were unconscious right before he killed them. <clears throat> so, I just don't know how you want to judge that. He fucking sucks. Yeah. He's just a fucking terrible person, but that's, that's the way he did it, and he, yeah. But he was publicly known as a necrophiliac. It's, I don't know how much you want to split hairs. I, well, I mean, it is possible that the gas killed some of them at least before the strangling did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, I don't think I said that he did end up burying his his wife in under the floorboards. He did just go with that this time. That that's a gross place to do that. Yeah. I'm I'm sticking by the fact that that's a gross place to do that. Yeah, it's absolutely that's a fair opinion to have. I would not keep anything under my floorboards that could rot. Yeah. Anything at all, let alone a corpse that I could get in trouble for. It's a that's recipe ridiculous. for like flies and worms, I don't know, all sorts of shit you don't want. Bad smells. Mostly bad smells. And I think my dog would bark a lot. I think that there would be a fly problem as well. Yes. Yes. Eventually getting maggots in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, all of that is horrible to think about. Glad to give you that imagery. Um, I'm here for the for the relief. You know, I'm the humor! <laughs> Laugh, damn it! <laughs> Don't you like clowns? <laughs> I'm Aren't a- we... Fucking funny! I am the comedic relief around here. I'll put horrific imagery in your brain and just be like, now laugh about it! And you do! <laughs> Alright, so um, I just want to state that normally I can just read over that and go, ah, oh, yeah, like Edgar Allan Poe, and just like <laughs> brush over, and now there's maggots involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what he did with these last three victims in his home, he, uh, he wrapped them all semi-naked in, uh, like a plastic wrap, right. and then he stored them in an alcove in his kitchen. An alcove? Like, what do you mean? Like a closet? Like, or like a, a deep corner? Like a, like, like, a, like a deep cupboard in the corner, a basically. A deep cupboard in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's also a very bad place. It's kind of like forgetting a bag of potatoes in the bottom of the cupboard. <laughs> And you come back, like, three months later, and you're like, what smells like, like, rotten grass? Like, what smells like dirt? And you're rooting around, and all of a sudden there's, like, a... (laughs) And there's flies everywhere, and you're like, oh, the potatoes! Uh, Fuck! Imagining that with organs is horrible. Um. (laughs) That's why I said it was potatoes. But we were talking about bodies, and you knew what was going to happen. It was, you know, little column A, little column B. <laughs> uh, don't worry, he later Potatoes, covered... Potatoes, bodies. <laughs> he, la- he later covered that the entrance to the alcove with wallpaper. Oh, that's good. That's, that's going to fix it. A little bit of kills paint on there. We're good to go. <laughs> wallpaper. All right. 
Yeah, yeah. Not even like a little bit of drywall or anything. No, it's it's in every in every report I've ever read or heard about this, it's just wallpaper. Just wallpaper. Okay. <laughs> Did it cover up the fact that it was a cupboard well? Yes, apparently so, because the, um, when Christy moved out of his flat, um, he fraudulently subletted it, first of all. Okay. So he lent it to a couple for seven pounds, uh, 13 cents. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh, about $218 as of, or 218 pounds as of 2020. Um. And the landlord visited the same day that the he left and let them move in, <laughs> and he, he was like, "Hey, get the fuck out, because this isn't your apartment, and I didn't agree to this." And uh, the landlord allowed the top floor tenant, who was no longer Beryl or Timothy Evans, tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but poor Beryl. <laughs> It was. We went so barrel, Gerald. It was. Not even Timothy. A pretty good name, uh, Beresford. Beresford. Beresford Brown. What is happening? Beresford <laughs> Brown. Oh my God. So Beresford Brown was uh, uh, told she could use Christie's kitchen. I don't know what was wrong with her kitchen, but Brown was allowed to use Christie's kitchen in his flat. Um, when she attempted to hold. Uh, or attempted to insert something into the wall to hold, uh, to insert, um, god damn, that was not a sentence. (laughs) She attempted to put some brackets into the wall. Yeah, okay. And when she did that, they went through the wallpaper. Oh. And she was like, what is this? And that's when she found three female bodies wrapped in semi-naked in the alcove. All right. And, uh, yeah, they... Clearly called the police. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, call the police, let them know, um, and a citywide search for Christy began. And he was gone like the wind, uh, fucking out of there. You, that's that's what. As soon as I got kicked out of that apartment, I would be out of that fuck. Yes, uh, we left that city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. You would think he would. Do something more along those lines, but he went to Routon House in King's Cross, which is not really that far away. Um, he booked a room for seven nights under his real name and address. Um, he stayed for only four when the news of his flat broke. Um, <laughs> oh shit! I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, and then he wandered London, slept rough, and spent much of his time time in cafes and cinemas where he could just, you know, chill and be broke. I... Brain... Hurt... Oh, hitchhike! <laughs> Fucking walk! Leave! Get the... Steal a bicycle! Get the... <laughs> Fuck out of there! <laughs> Get a paddle boat so you can cross the channel. Anything. Anything. Um. But uh. That is some silly. And I'm not sympathizing with him here. I'm just calling out the fact that he's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. So um. He was uh finally challenged about his identity near the Putney Bridge by an officer, and uh, 
when the officers searched Christie, they found an old newspaper clipping about the remand of Timothy Evans among the personal items among him. Um, this is brought up because that was one of the big things that helped overturn Timothy Evans' conviction, because he was like, eh, I fucking got this guy fucked up. And that, like, had that little trophy. That was one of the things he wanted to carry with him as he was running away, was that Dang. newspaper clipping. His little trophy. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, so after he was arrested, he, uh, originally only admitted to the women in the alcove, but, uh, after further searching of the property and, uh, for a lot of interrogation, apparently, uh... They slapped the shit out of that boy! They, they probably did. <laughs> it was the 1950s, the early 1950s. You're gonna tell us where they are, see? <laughs> smack, smack. Um... So, he he tried not to be responsible for Geraldine's death, like the the baby. Yeah. He, he tried to make it sound like uh, uh, Timothy Evans definitely did that one, like like he he accidentally killed her wife, but like ah he was so distraught he killed the baby. Like he really tried not to have that one pinned on him because he wanted to be found insane. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, I mean, just just talking from obviously a hindsight, twenty twenty. Uh, you'd want to cop that one, yeah. If yeah. you wanted to go for the insanity plea, definitely. Uh, you'd want to just be like, yeah, I did that. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but babies, they're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> fucking go full force on that one. Uh, they can't you're... fight back at all. Oh God. I'm... <laughs> Horrified by the things you're saying. Um, <laughs> so what's wrong, Kitty? <laughs> Don't you like babies? I love babies. They're adorable, and I want to keep them all safe. They're so nice and tiny. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, he he did try to plead insanity <laughs> a couple of times, and he really worked on that. But the they said that he had a hysterical personality, but was not insane. <laughs> um, they rejected Christie's plea, and after deliberating for just eighty-five minutes, found him guilty of pretty much everything he was charged of. Yeah, yeah, um, as you do. Like that, that. There's a evidence abounds. I it's all over the place, dude. Just sh- just shut up and copy. You're gonna <laughs> die. This is the fifties. The, the lawyers wheel out like a table of different viscera and body parts, and they're just like, "Behold, <laughs> the evidence tray." The evidence tray. <laughs> um. So. He didn't even try to appeal his conviction, though, which is, I mean, something, I guess. Didn't even make an appeal, didn't even try. Um, which, I, I guess, is competent to a degree. Um, Timothy Evans' mother wrote to Christie asking him to, quote-unquote, confess all. And uh, really just wanted closure because she knew her son wasn't like mm-hmm. that. Um she never got it from him, by the way. Which is horrible. Uh, 
there was no grounds for him to be reprieved. Uh, he was interviewed by uh, MP George Rogers for 45 minutes about the murders, and uh, Home Secretary David Maxwell Fife said that he could not find any grounds for Christie to be reprieved. Uh, old Reggie No Dick. Old Reggie No Dick didn't deserve any fucking mercy. Fucking it up mercy. his old damn life. Yeah, he just fucked it up and fucked it up and fucked it up and couldn't fuck it up because he fucked it up. Yeah. Uh, so he had an ex-army friend visit him and uh, his sister visited and talked to Christy on the afternoon before his execution. And uh, they were both like, fuck you, Reggie No Dick. I fucking hope so. I can't believe you've done You're this. You're gonna die. Yeah. Um, that evening, the prisoner, the prison governor, spoke to him. I don't know what a prison governor is. I actually. have no idea what a prison governor. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> it's, there's not even a hyperlink on that one. I just want to know. Google will know the term. I'm sure. Prison <laughs> governor. Uh, uh, the warden, the warden or governor, also known as a superintendent or director, is the official who is in charge of a president. Warden, warden, governor, superintendent, director. I guess this this is uh, this is London, so uh, you know. Governor. Governor. Yeah. Governor. Hello, governor. Ah, see, I get it now. Oh Prison my God. governor. Yeah. Prison governor. Um. Um. That was a bad accent. I'm sorry for everybody. Uh. I apologize for no accents. Dennis Hegg and uh, his sister Phyllis Clark. That's those are the people who visited him. Um, <laughs> George Rogers also wanted to speak to Christie again, the MP, um, but Christie refused to meet him. Hmm. Didn't want to talk to that guy again before he died. Uh, fuck you! No, <laughs> fuck you! He was hanged at 9 a.m. on the 15th of July, 1953. Oh, I'm waking up early. Don't even get no coffee. That's the worst. Uh, uh, fun fact, I guess, fun fact, is that uh, Albert Pierrepoint... Wow, uh, that's a name. Yeah, was his executioner, and he's the same guy that executed Evans. Oof! <laughs> <laughs> um, he got his retribution. The only notable thing said before his execution <laughs> was Christie complained that his nose itched, and uh, Pierrepoint uh, assured him that it won't bother you for long. <coughs> That's good. Das is good. Yeah. Um, so, the confirmed victim once again, because I will, I'm going to do this on every one of these that I do. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, Ruth Fjorst, 21. <laughs> Fjorst was first. Muriel, Muriel Edie, 31. Beryl Evans, 20. Paul Beryl. Geraldine Evans, 13 months. Ethel Christie, 54. Rita Nelson, 25. Kathleen Maloney, 26. Hectorina McLennan, 26. Wait, I lost... I wasn't counting at first. Is that seven? Eight. Eight. Eight? Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's... Over the course of ten years? Over the course of ten years, yeah. That's less than one a year. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I mean... I feel like that's not very prolific. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, it's still bad, and he's still sadistic and fucked up, but that's not very prolific as far as serial killers go, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that... I mean, I guess that's how you get away with it for so long. Yeah. Um, <sighs> one of the things that Chrissy <laughs> did was collect pubic hairs from his victims. Oh, oh, okay. There's not a lot of detail on the storage, but they just call them clumps of hair in his collection. Okay. Whatever you want to make of that. Um. Okay. So there was a... We're getting back to the brain hurt part of this. <laughs> there was one lump of the hair that was definitely matched one of the victims. Um, two lumps of hair were very questionable as to whether or not they might have matched any of the victims, and one lump of hair is entirely unidentified, so there is one to three potential other victims out there that, uh, just nobody, yeah. Prostitutes. Yeah. It's always prostitutes. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate that they're so easy to prey upon. We should maybe get them rights. It's a weird platform for us to advocate for sex workers' rights on, but I'm no, here for it. It's it's really not. This is the number one platform I will advocate for it on because they're going to come up more than anybody else in these. It's not fair, and there's a reason for it. It's fucked. This is the right place to do it. Sorry, I, I really feel strongly about that shit. Are we going to cover Jack the Ripper? Um, eventually. Cool. Yeah, I will definitely go over that. That will be a fun episode. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, uh, uh, that is basically the story of John Reginald Halliday, n- No Dick, r- Reggie, can't do no it. Reggie, No Dick, Reggie! <laughs> Reggie! Yeah. This this Reggie sucks a lot more than that one. <laughs> um, but overall, John is a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit by the time he died. He probably could have not been a piece of shit if he had had a better friend or two in high school. Um, I mean, maybe. Not necessarily, though. He also would not have had such access to and easy victimhood over people if... Um, prostitution wasn't so looked down upon in the way that it is so there's that and i feel like some people are just hardwired that way oh yeah there's still people that will kill but they'll get caught a lot faster if it's not so easy that's the thing and the people who want to will try and not be able to because there's protections in place so there's just a lot we could do to not only stop people like this, but help them. They're not well. We need to invent invisible force shields. Yeah. That we can just mentally activate anytime. We just don't want anyone to touch us. Be like, boom! <laughs> yeah. Some Rick Sanchez level shit right there. Star Wars, or. Yeah, I think the future is. Those. I think the future is now. I think we're closer to all that shit than we probably think we are. Yeah, probably. But none of these people had it. That's true. Um, Technically, we still don't have it. So, yeah. the Just just as a finishing note, Timothy Evans 
conviction was quashed by the high court, accepting that Evans did not murder either his wife or child. That's good. In That's 2004, good. they accepted that. It, they accepted it. Well, and apparently they had to be high as fuck about it, so... Yeah. Um... But, yep, John Christie, that's that's him. He sucks. This was the first true was crime bonus episode. episode. about a serial killer. Yep, um, I will have other true crime episodes in the future. We're probably going to do some stuff in between this and another one of those, because that's dark, man. That's dark. Not also, everybody likes to hear that. we have lots of ideas for these fun little bonus episodes, and this is just one of the ideas. Yeah, but I got a lot of interesting true crime and just like uh mystery oh, just stuff. now seeing a picture of him over here from from your laptop i haven't looked up a picture yet he looks like a very dapper man yeah he yeah he's he's well put together like i said he's intelligent and like he also looks a bit like a conehead i mean yeah it's that's that's probably the balding oh it's definitely the balding and just like the bad picture taking because it's from like god knows when like the 50s or 40s yeah or that was probably the most recent picture of him so I would guess that happened in uh 50 53 or 52 yeah see so but he does look a bit like a conehead yeah yeah um, even when he had hair he probably had a lot of forehead yeah I could see that um like a five head or six head <laughs> yeah if you like this episode let us know cause uh I mean we're gonna do more of these eventually I mean it doesn't really matter. you can let us know and we, we we eagerly await you letting us know how you think about things but regardless of whether or not you guys are like you suck we hated that we're probably gonna do more because we just want to but if you like it and have suggestions for episodes you would actually like us to talk about or yeah. crimes or movies or books or TV series or Whatever you want us to talk about, like we, we'll take suggestions. Yeah, down for it. I we've already been coming up with lots of ideas for all of those things to talk about already. So yeah, um, but that's uh, John Christie, Reggie Nodick, and uh, this was the first true crime, true neutral. Hell yeah, peace out. Boop.